Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for taking some time to attend this webinar. Uh, we're really happy to be here and hopefully you'll find it um, interesting and maybe even um, motivating. Uh, my name is Angie Vargas and I'm the pro bono director at Veterans Legal Services, um, a nonprofit organization in Boston. We serve veterans throughout the state. Um, with me are Julie Froelich, a senior staff attorney at VLS. Uh, Keith No, uh, who is a partner at, um, and I forgot to make sure that I could pronounce the, the firm, but I think it's Lando and Anastasi or Anastasi? Anastasi. Anastasi. Yeah. And, and then we have Darren Baird, who is from, uh, um, who's a director, I believe, at Golson and Stores. So we're all going to be just kind of uh, going through, uh, I'll talk a little bit about the pro bono program at Veterans Legal Services and what we do. And then um, Julie will do some more of that more specific to the, the work of um, attorneys with our clients. And then Keith and Darren will be able to tell you about um, their experience volunteering with us. So I just want to start, um, first of all, um, before I turn over to my little PowerPoint, painting a bit of a picture for you. Um, um, maybe some of you will find this relatable. Um, sometimes I know that when I was working downtown, <laughs> right now I'm still working from home, but uh, in commuting every day into Boston and things like that on the streets of Boston or on the train platform, sometimes we come across people with a sign um, saying that they're experiencing homelessness, that they're a veteran and that anything could help, God bless. And to be honest, um, sometimes it feels a little awkward. Uh, you feel bad for the person, or I, at least I've, I feel bad for the person. I have felt oh my goodness, and they're a veteran, like for some reason that like hits you closer to, to your heartstrings. Um, but, then, but then you also don't know for sure. And you might feel a little uncomfortable doubting them. Like, are they really a veteran or are they trying to like, you know, make you feel worse? Because uh, you don't think that veterans deserve to experience homelessness. And, you know, I'm not going to ask them for their DD-214, which is like their papers. <laughs> So it's like awkward, it's uncomfortable. You wish that you could help, but you also don't know what if they're gonna use it for alcohol or drugs. And so we get a little paternalistic and we don't know what to do and we don't always help. Um, well, you know, if you really feel like veterans deserve to have the resources that they need in order to live, um, a, to have a stable life, to have a home, to be able to share good memories with their families, and you don't want to have those uncomfortable feelings, you have a way to do that. Um, and you have a way to make a huge difference in a veteran's life that will also probably make a difference in your life. And that is what you can achieve by volunteering with Veterans Legal Services. So um, I'm going to share my screen now where I have my little PowerPoint that I'm not going to stick to too strictly, but Hopefully um, we can just go through a little bit about VLS and our, our pro bono program in general. As Shanae mentioned, if you have any questions, please just pop, in, pop them into the Q&A. We will look at it at the end to make sure that all of our speakers get a chance to talk and then any of us that have the answer to your questions can jump in and answer them then. So as an overview, um, 
We are a nonprofit organization. We provide free civil legal services to veterans who cannot afford them. Uh, VLS was founded in 1991 by a group of law students um, who started out um, helping uh, veterans out in the New England Center and Home for Veterans, which is down in Court Street in Boston. At, uh, as of now, 30 years later, we still help veterans at Nashville, which, which is the New England Center and Home for Veterans. Um, we help veterans also at the Bedford VA, the Chelsea Soldiers Home, the Veterans Treatment Court in Norfolk County, and most recently, uh, the Brockton VA. And Julie can probably talk a little bit about that if, if she plans to. <laughs> um, okay, this is, see, I knew this would happen, sorry. There we go. <laughs> so previous, uh, previously, before COVID, our legal services delivery model um, in, involved actually not doing any intakes by phone. We used to answer phone calls um, from clients looking for services and our um, administrator would do an eligibility screening. And if they appear to be eligible for our services, then they would get referred to the most convenient clinic to wherever they're located uh, or wherever they, they receive services. And then they would go to a clinic in person where we would have staff and some volunteers in at the Bedford VA especially. And we would do intakes there and sometimes even provide some additional advice and go from there. Um, the go from there is, you know, maybe you would uh, keep them sort of as part of our, our caseload and the attorneys would proceed with additional assistance or representation, or we would determine whether the matter was resolved or whether the matter needed um, maybe a pro bono attorney, which we'll get to. Um, usually we would have meetings with clients in person at those clinics or even um, follow up meetings with the clients at the same location uh, another month for another clinic. Um, but we never really did um, intakes over the phone and we never provided advice over the phone unless we were already representing them and you know back and forth with our clients. Um, post COVID, um, when, when COVID arrived and we all went home, um, we had to develop a new model. And because the clinics that we were serving uh, were, were in places where the population is very high risk, uh, all of those were closed and we didn't have an opportunity to go in person. Um, we wanted to stay safe and we wanted to keep them safe. So we created a, a system for doing intakes over the phone and also doing remote sessions um, is what we call them. It's like a one-time consultation and advice. And we would uh, tell our veteran clients that we cannot promise anything more unless it's absolutely necessary, you know, in order to properly serve them or, or help them out in an emergency. Um, we also moved our services to include all of the state of Massachusetts, not just the greater Boston area, which is what we were more focused on prior to COVID. Um, we, were not, we, we were not doing any, any meetings in person for the majority of the um, of the of 2020 and part of 2021. Now um, I think I'll turn it over to Julie for a little bit. Hi, thanks, Angie. Uh, just by way of a little bit of background, I think I bring a very unique perspective to this panel because um, I've only been a legal aid lawyer for less than two years. Prior to that, I spent 30 years as a business litigator. Uh, and if a business litigator can pick up some of this law, then anybody can. 
while I was in private practice, I was uh, an attorney at Goulston and Stores for 17 years. Uh, and Goulston was incredibly indulgent of my desire to do a lot of pro bono work. And so for 16 years, I was allowed to um, volunteer for the Massachusetts Legal Clinic for the Homeless at Pine Street Inn and St. Francis House Shelters. Uh, so I've got two years of experience inside as a staff attorney and 16 years of experience as a pro bono attorney. Uh, so I can look at things from both sides now. Um, getting to the, so the slide here and more specifically uh, into our types of legal issues, we've got six broad categories. Um, down in the right hand, uh, bottom corner, we've got other. I don't know why we call it other. That should probably be estate planning because that all looks like estate planning to me. Yeah. Uh, but in our vernacular, that's other. Um, looking at consumer, I'm just going to briefly go through some of these and then give you a sense for uh, the type of work that's involved and the type of new law you might have to pick up to do this. Consumer debt gives us two incredibly um, broad extremes. On one extreme, you have bankruptcy. That's an incredibly technical uh, area of the law, highly specialized. Um, I personally will not do a bankruptcy, although I've done a great deal of adverse, uh, adverse um, uh, litigation within bankruptcy. Um, bankruptcy is an area where we like to send it out to a pro bono attorney with some bankruptcy experience. Um, in contrast to bankruptcy, we've got debt collection. Uh, we have a steady stream of debt collection cases that come in every month. Uh, in contrast to bankruptcy, debt collections are small. They tend to be discreet. They don't tend to last long. You don't need to pick up any new areas of the law. What you basically do in a debt collection case is you find out what the debt is, find out what your client's income is, and then negotiate with the creditors um, for payment plans or uh, to wipe out the debt for veterans who don't have any income. Uh, those are fun to do because they're, they're pretty fast um, as opposed to bankruptcies. Under records, we've got two different types of records cases that we deal with. While we don't do criminal work, we do do quarry sealing work. And quarry is a criminal record. Um, a criminal record is available to landlords and employers, which is why we're concerned with this area. Uh, frequently veterans want to seal their criminal records so that it helps with their employment and housing searches. And we do help veterans uh, with sealing. These are discreet, easy to handle matters. It involves determining if the veteran is eligible, which is very straightforward. Um, it then involves simply filling out a one-page form that gets mailed into the uh, commissioner of probation uh, and the record gets sealed. Uh, easy, discreet. Jumping down under military separation, we've got discharge upgrades. Those are not necessarily easy and discreet. Um, but I will give away a trade secret. 
I like to grab discharge upgrades because um, there are no deadlines in a discharge upgrade except for one. There's a 15 year statute of limitations, but that can be waived if you've got a good reason for the veteran having delayed in, in trying to upgrade their discharge. Just by way of background, every service member leaves the military with a discharge characterization. The highest characterization you can have is an honorable discharge. They then start to go down until you get to a bad conduct discharge. The reason why we care about discharge characterization is because VA benefits are tied to your, your characterization. If you have an honorable discharge, you get the full array of VA benefits, plus you get access to the GI Bill. And that's very important, quite useful in a veteran's life. We've got a staff attorney who's an army veteran who went to law school on the GI Bill. Um, so it's a very valuable resource to have a high characterization. And veterans come to us wanting to upgrade their discharge status. Um, so they'll have more benefits. Um, these, these are fun cases because you get to write a brief. You get to, um, you, all you have to do on a discharge upgrade is assemble the record, uh, which is a time consuming process, but it's not labor intensive. And you get the, the veterans um, military record as well as their medical record, review that, um, find some good compelling reason for why uh, the veteran engaged in particular types of misconduct, and it could be due to PTSD, uh, a mental health disorder, uh, alcoholism. Uh, and then you just write the brief um, supporting the upgrade. The law is easy to, to learn. It's contained within a, a regulation and three memorandum issued by secretaries of defense. So it's not a, an uphill climb to learn this area of the law. Um, and that's discharge upgrades. Uh, housing, this is straightforward. Uh, Landlord-tenant disputes involving bad conditions in apartments, also um, pre-notice to quit disputes. Uh, we also have full-blown evictions. Uh, public and, veter and veterans benefits, uh, we don't help veterans apply for benefits, but if they are denied, we handle their appeals. Uh, veterans frequently have their be benefits terminated and we'll come in and, and we will fight the termination. Uh, overpayments are another area where veterans are frequently um, targeted. Uh, and that's a, another fun case for a pro bono attorney to work on. Family law is a very big area for us. Um, child custody, child support, parenting time, and divorces. Um, as a business litigator, I did not handle child support cases or divorces, but as a legal aid lawyer, um, I did a little bit of uh, research, learned the law. There is um, a very good treatise out there. It's a purple book and it's called the purple book. Uh, anything you need to know about um, family law is in that book in easy to understand language. 
So I now do civil divorces, and that would be a divorce that doesn't involve any children. Uh, frequently, the couple has been living separately, separate lives for several years. Uh, in those types of cases, they're easy to do. Um, it's not a big time commitment. A little bit more of a time commitment would be a child support or a parenting time case. Um, child support modifications, we're getting a lot of those because people have lost their jobs or lost income and they can't afford to continue to pay the amount of child support they were paying. So we have a lot of veterans looking to modify child support orders. The last category, uh, I'm gonna call it estate planning instead of other. Uh, mostly we get wills and we have a steady stream of wills that come into the office. We do have requests to help uh, veterans with powers of attorney and healthcare proxies, but those aren't as frequent. Uh, Angie, can you take me to the next slide? Trying to. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so I wanted to give everyone just a sense of our case mix from the last two months. We've had 98 new cases that we've taken. And you can see of those, family law and housing are our big areas of need. Family law, um, our cases are pretty evenly divided between custody, divorce, and child support cases. Uh, housing, we have a steady stream of evictions. Uh, and then we have a large number of what we call housing other. And those are cases that um, may very well ripen into an eviction, but we're trying to catch them at the pre-eviction stage. This may involve apartments that have bad conditions. Um, I've got a number of conditions cases right now involving rats. There seems to be a rat population out there that's um, uh, causing problems in apartments. Uh, these are also pre-notice to quit disputes. Um, with the, the type of work that you would be doing here as pro bono attorneys is yes, with an eviction, there are, um, uh, documents that you have to file in response to a complaint. There's an answer and discovery. And there are forms you can follow that are very easy to fill out. Greater Boston Legal Services has an online tool called MADE, that's M-A-D-E. Uh, that is a very easy to follow program where you just answer questions and at the end of it, uh, it produces an answer and discovery that you can then file in housing court. And it's, that makes it uh, evictions even uh, easier to do. Uh, after that, we've got a, a smattering of discharge upgrades. We've always got discharge upgrades coming into the office. Uh, same for benefits cases. And here we've got, instead of other, we've got estate planning uh, and wills, a steady stream of wills coming in. And then uh, small numbers, as you can see, of all the rest. But our big need here is in family law and housing. Uh, not on this slide, we've got another category of cases. And those are cases on a wait list. And um, wait list cases, they've come into the office as an inquiry, but we have not yet taken them on. 
We've got 49 cases on the wait list and almost half of them are family law cases. Uh, so as you can see, we've got a big need for pro bono volunteers in the family law area, as well as in housing and discharge upgrades. Nanji, you want Thank to take Thank you so it much, back? Julie. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much. Um, that actually reminds me that, um, just to mention, there we go. So this, this is a great segue to our levels of service, what you just said about the wait list and the need in family law, because I have noticed um, in my also just under two years being at VLS um, that, you know, areas such as family law and housing law um, are pretty specialized or the law changes, like the child support guidelines just got updated again. And so um, oftentimes, if that's not your area of expertise, you might feel um, a little trepidation about um, volunteering to take a family law case when that's not what you do. Um, but we highly encourage people that wanna volunteer to do so in whatever capacity they can. So if there is an opportunity to perhaps assist a veteran with filling out court forms, um, you don't have to be an expert in family law to fill out an answer um, with all the guides that are online and with mentorship from us, um, answering a counterclaim or help out with um, pre preparing, get, providing different levels of advice under a limited assistant representation agreement that you would be able to, to, to craft between yourself and the client. You could help that person feel more prepared and more empowered to go to court if we otherwise couldn't take the case anyway. Um, so we provide uh, brief advice and counsel and one-time uh, conversations um, where we literally just have uh, the, the session over the phone with the client after their intake has been done. And we tell them we unfortunately can't do anything more for you, but we can provide you this advice. And they understand and they appreciate that small uh, level of advice because it's better than having not unanswered questions. Then there's limited assistance representation, like I just said, for our volunteers can, can engage that way, and we also do it. We also uh, sometimes are able to only provide advice and counsel and uh, filling out forms or drafting a short um, statement that they will then review and, and sign. And then we, we provide full bono representation as, as do our pro bono attorneys. Um, that involves everything from the beginning of the case or from catching up to where the case is all the way until resolution. Um, the way that we decide what level of service we're gonna engage with the clients in is basically at our own discretion um, based on you know, factors such as the nature of the legal issue, how compelling or how uh, urgent it seems, uh, the, the capabilities of the veteran. Are they able to self-advocate or do they need a lot of help? And uh, would they be detrimentally affected if they have to go at it on their own? Um, whether there's an attorney already on the other side, which could also make it harder for the veteran to advocate for themselves. Um, our caseloads um, right, now, right now, our caseloads are really high, which is why there's this wait list and that, uh, that Julie mentioned. So that goes into the decision-making process of what level of service we can provide. And then whether the case lends itself to pro bono representation. If we have high caseloads and, and it's a type of case that we believe a pro bono attorney would uh, enjoy doing and 
um, would be able to do, then we're going to try to go that route. So our pro bono program, um, which is which I direct and I run um, with assistance from uh, from the staff attorneys and from our administrator as well as from all of the volunteers, uh, is it's very it's very big in the sense that we technically have over 200 pro bono attorneys in our panel, uh, but that's not all attorneys that are currently actively representing clients. So it's it's exciting to have so many uh, potential attorneys to reach out to, but at the same time, it's a little bit hard because sometimes it could be attorneys that got onto our panel when they did one case, um, and then maybe they're no longer in the same firm or they're no longer active or interested. And so it's it, it takes a little while to kind of get to know all the attorneys that are on the list and who's, who's able to be tapped for what. Um, but usually the way that the process works for me to assign a case for representation to a pro bono attorney is the staff attorneys who have done an intake and perhaps a remote session with the, with the client um, will reach out to me and let me know that um, they have a case that they think could potentially be good for a pro bono attorney. And do I think that, um, do I agree? We discuss the case. Um, I then research what attorneys on our panel might have expertise or our interest in the area of law uh, that we're talking about. And um, from, there, from there, I would just do outreach to one or more. I, I don't try to, to send out a blast to all of our pro bono panel attorneys because I don't want to annoy everybody. So just so you know, if you, if you join our panel, you won't be getting a blast uh, every so often with like all the cases that we have for you to pick through. Um, usually I try to keep a good, a good um, idea of who likes to do what types of cases, what firms prefer, what, what kinds of cases. And for solo practitioners, um, I get to know you uh, pretty well, pretty fast in terms of what, what cases you're willing to consider. So um, I might try, depending on the urgency of the, of the matter, if somebody needs an attorney as soon as possible, I might email separately a few attorneys or a couple of law firms and then go with whoever answers first that they're, that they're available. But otherwise I might take, I might take a, a, a sort of a slower approach and just go one by one um, based on who I think would, would be um, appropriate for a particular case. So once that, um, that I have an attorney who's interested in learning more, uh, we provide you with a referral memo, which is a, a short um, informational sheet or a couple sheets uh, with some information about the client that you may be able to run a conflict check and a paragraph or two about the case and where it stands uh, and what are the next steps. Then um, after you've come back and let me know that um, it's cleared conflict of interest checks, then I can provide you with the um, any additional information that you didn't have and the file, whatever we have on file, we give you and we assign it to you. And then basically the person becomes your client, but they continue to be our client. So we still communicate with you. We're still there to mentor or support you throughout the process to provide you with any training materials that might be useful or resources. And um, if you need uh, some, someone to look over whatever you're gonna file. I can do that sometimes. Um, if I'm not 100% comfortable doing so because of the area, not being one that I'm too familiar with, then I would uh, touch base with the attorney that was originally involved and have them 
um, assist you with any sort of reviewing or answering of your questions. So we remain involved. And then when you're done uh, with the case, um, usually you'll, you would let me know and I might ask you uh, to provide an estimate of the amount of hours that it took you and what the result was and any, any pleadings or any closing letters that you might have sent to the client, um, copies of that for our files because they do remain our clients as well. And that way, if they call again in the future with a development on the case or a new matter, um, we're able to look through what we did for them in the past and reach out to the attorney um, if needed. So that's sort of the process. Um, if you have any questions, obviously, like we said, you can put them in the Q&A, um, but there's my contact information as a pro bono director, if you're interested in volunteering with us, uh, either through your law firm or on your own, um, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly. There's my email address. It's very easy. And then um, on our website, you can find out more about all of this stuff. Um, I would probably send you a questionnaire if you email me and then we would go from there. Usually it's pretty, pretty simple process. We'd love to have you. So I'm gonna now um, stop sharing my screen and turn it over to Keith. Thank you, Angie. Um, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to kind of share my story with, uh, uh, you know, trying to attract uh, good pro bono advocates. Um, a little bit of background. I went to undergrad on an ROTC scholarship and uh, I had really no intention of making a career in the military, but uh, I ended up spending 24 years in the reserves and National Guard, uh, seven of those years as an engineer officer, but 17 of those years as a uh, judge advocate, um, a, a, uh, an attorney for the National Guard. And while I was in the National Guard, I, I did a, a variety of different things. I was so lucky to be exposed to um, different responsibilities and roles um, some of those were advising commanders on disciplinary issues with, with soldiers. Um, another was representing uh, what we call respondents because it's an administrative process of the National Guard. Uh, UCMJ usually doesn't attach. Uh, and, you know, for soldiers who got in trouble for a variety of different reasons, uh, you know, drug use, uh, you know, not showing up things like that. Uh, the, near the end of my career, I was the legal advisor on boards that determined the disciplinary uh, action on soldiers who, uh, who um, had to go before a board. And, uh, and finally, and probably the, the one that I enjoyed the most was uh, serving as counsel for uh, soldiers who were being deployed or coming back from dealing with issues that uh, knowing that they were going to be away for a year and, you know, doing uh, powers of attorney and wills and, and a little bit of estate planning, not, not uh, too much over my pay grade, but, uh, but that, that was really a time where you got to sit down and, and um, uh, really counsel people, not only on, you know, their specific legal need, but just life in general. So, um, I retired from the 
Army in 2012, and I was looking for opportunities to uh, to uh, share my expertise. I missed it terribly, and uh, I missed the interaction. And uh, I, through a mutual friend, I I got in touch with the board director of uh, of, of VLS, and um, she was first thinking about a you know a board of director, and I was like, well, I you know I'm not really uh, interested in that. I want to uh, meet. I want to help people, and uh, and so uh, she got me in touch with the pro bono uh, with Angie, and uh, and since then it's been roughly a year and a half, I'd say. Um, I I handled four cases, um, you know, uh, helping people. Two of which helping for for benefits, uh, one an upgrade uh, discharge, and the other one uh, more of a like a council of benefits uh, for for a pending case that they have. They, they hasn't been decided upon, but um, you know I'm there ready, willing, and able to help him, uh, once he once he gets a decision. But uh, I've enjoyed it immensely. It has uh, definitely filled that need. Um, I, I, I've shared with, with the group here. I, it, one of the surprising things, or not so surprising, but just the ability just to talk through issues and just to lend an ear to someone that really needs some help and just wants someone to hear their story. Uh, it, uh, you know, I, I find myself when I'm when I'm speaking with the clients. Um, I do a lot of listening. I don't don't necessarily talk a lot. I, I listen to their issues, and uh, um, and it's just uh, it, it's just it's just great to be able to um, develop a game plan. You know, um, be able to uh, provide a you know a modest amount of assistance, and and uh, I think everyone here has shared before that. You know the level of gratitude is off the charts, and uh, it's just it's just a, a really great organization. And uh, for me, it's it's something that uh, you know I'm I'm fairly passionate about. Uh, you know, helping veterans, and uh, and uh, it, it, you know I can't encourage if someone if someone is is a little anxious about doing it. I'm a patent attorney. Uh, I, I thankfully I I had you know quite a bit of military lot uh training experience but um you know if i can do it anyone can do it and uh and you know angie can attest that you know i don't really file or do anything without someone else looking at it and making sure that i'm not completely screwing it up but uh I, i'd like to think that it, you know um you know it, by the time it gets in her hands it's in reasonably good shape and uh we're ready to file and get a good result hopefully do you have anything else? Or? Thank you so much, Keith. No, um, you know, I just, I, I wanted to ask you, um, just in case any of the uh, of the audience is wondering, you know, were these, you know, you said that, you know, you had been doing, you had done, done JAG work, <clears throat> excuse me, and you just mentioned about being a patent attorney, but, you know, what made you feel comfortable enough taking on a VA benefits um, appeal or uh, or a, like a service connected um, case, uh, um, you know, without having actually done that before? 
Right. Um, you know, it, when you're a JAG, it, it's all administrative procedure, administrative processes that you're following. So um, I've, uh, I've represented people that have maybe not had the exact same issues, but had to go through the same labyrinth of, uh, you know, uh, forms and, and whatnot to be able to process whatever action they were looking for. Um, so, it, you know, I felt reasonably comfortable. I knew, uh, I knew enough about the VA through my experience in the National Guard because we, we had quite a bit of interaction with the VA. Um, I've, I've helped people. Uh, I've done, I did one upgrade uh, years and years ago. I think I, I told you that when I was assigned, the, 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 uh, but I long forgot exactly what I did. But yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's pretty easy to research. Uh, you just go online and, you know, you Google application for benefits or you Google military up, you know, uh, upgrade. And uh, before you know it, you have more information than you could ever need, and and you have an idea of uh, how to proceed. And it's actually pretty simple. It's 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 not it's not too difficult. It just takes a little bit of patience and uh, understanding. It. The key, like any being a good lawyer in any field of endeavor, is being able to spot the issue and trying to uh, you know find a solution for that. Thank you so much, Keith. Uh, yeah, and we also, when it comes to discharge upgrades or veteran-specific matters like benefits um, or getting somebody uh, a higher percentage of service connection, which is a percentage of how dis how how much the disability is connected to their to their service, um, which would determine the amount of benefits that they might get. Those cases, both of those kinds of cases, require a lot of reviewing of records to spot those issues, like Keith said. Um, we have a ton of training materials from trainings that uh, VLS has participated in in the past um, and or otherwise, and, and resources specific to these issues that walk you through the process. So um, you wouldn't feel like you were just left to figure this out on your own. So I just want you to know that, although we might not be constantly and consistently doing live trainings on all of these issues that we that we need pro bono attorneys for. We have a lot of resources to provide you with and support and mentorship. So um, if that's uh, if if that's all she wrote, Keith, we can go to Darren. Sounds good. Great. Well thank thank you, Angie. Um, so un, you know unlike unlike Keith, I I don't do anything service connected. I haven't yet anyway. Um, most of what I do, and, and I, I'll say this in the best possible way, is a little bit of the oddball stuff. So um, a lot of it is, you know, uh, fortunately at Goulston, we have a pretty broad bench, a pretty large bench here, and a lot of people who are interested in doing pro bono work. So a lot of what I do, frankly, is I'm a legal concierge, right? Angie calls me with a case and I go, eh, probably not the right one to do that, but let me see who is. And I connect that veteran to the right person internally. To handle the matter, and I think you know a lot of what we get or what we've gotten has been um, sort of some of it sounds in real estate, which is what I do, but a lot of it doesn't. So um, you know, have definitely helped out on things along the lines of you know keeping a uh, a veteran whose business was 
in the midst business location was in the midst of a lease dispute um able to sort of push back on the landlord and get a good result so they could stay on that site and keep their small business operating which was all that that veteran had you know from an income source so there was that you know other instances of helping people stave off more mortgage foreclosures um you know things along those lines um had some in other interesting ones that are ongoing which i'm not going to talk about but are scratch a different inch for me because um they they ought there's an intersection at times with um you know cities and towns and other governmental authorities with regard to properties people own or things that they're doing where um you know it's it's often a uh, less of a legal solution and more of a guidance and political solution so i mean that that's the sort of stuff that um i find really interesting i mean the, the, a lot of times there's not even necessarily the legal avenue or hallway to run down it's just sort of helping the veterans sort of understand where they could go with something or maybe that they can't go anywhere with something and helping them sort of talk through and socializing it with them so they understand that yeah you know what you've actually done about all you could here um with this particular issue you haven't you haven't left something on the table or here's what you could do and while it's not a legal thing i can help sort of tell you and sort of give you advice about how you could handle this through these avenues and so again i think i think that um you know keith certainly alluded to this sometimes just having someone to talk to that's outside of their echo chamber or outside of themselves um is what they need even if it's to validate what they've been thinking which is this something this thing that i'm worried about there's really not a lot i have legal recourse to do about it but you know having that conversation while sometimes it's not what they want to hear it's what they need to hear from an expert um or someone who's sort of been to those movies before and so i think that um a large part of what what i do is while some of these cases do go forward or they may end up in court or they may end up with in front of um or with some sort of agency or authority to sort of iron something out a lot of times it's just advice that gets them to let go of an issue that they have had a hard time letting go of um and i think that that's there's a lot of value add there too and i think it's just the human uh the human relationship and sort of helping them think through things that they don't have expertise thinking through but a lot of these folks are creative problem solvers by nature and by training so helping them realize that yeah you know you have taken this to its logical conclusion so i think that that's you know it's to, it is from that perspective um you know new, no two people are alike so you get to meet people and get i think that if you're someone who doesn't have a difficult time connecting with people on a personal level you get to hear people's stories and sort of help think them through and at least for that half hour you're on the phone they know someone's listening um and sort of in it with them which i think is as important as anything else obviously getting them a really good legal result um is always a positive right but i think that sometimes it's just being a a person on the other end of the phone who isn't trying to shut them down within 5 minutes and move on to the next thing um is really important so i think you know if if nothing else that's what we try to bring to the table i think that the um uh it it really is if you're interested in this work it really is fulfilling and it's really because you you're in a lot of instances with this stuff it's not i mean so much of what i think we as lawyers do or at least you know lawyers in the 
and private practice do is we find ways to make people more money, um, you know, and people who already have a lot of money, more money. And I think that here, I feel like it, it, there's more of a um, tangible benefit or tangible impact that you're having on a person's life and helping them through a real issue because they're not calling you because they don't have a problem. They're calling because they have a problem. Um, and I think helping them through that, um, even if ultimately you're not able to get them the result they had hoped for, um, is as important as anything else. So if you're, if you're into that sort of stuff, I'd say sign up because this is really, it's really interesting and you'll meet really interesting folks and you'll hear, um, what they're going through. And, you know, if you can help, I would suggest helping because it is a really good cause and it, and it directly impacts people's lives. So that's, that's my, I'll put the pom-poms down for now. I'll pick them up if we get a question, but I'll put them down for now. Thank you so much, Darren. Um, I think that Darren didn't, uh, he played down a little bit the part about um, the oddball type of cases. And it's just, um, it reminded me immediately of when we first started talking and the, one of the first times that I, that we, that we had a conversation um, where we were talking about ways in which Golson could help. And I remember uh, at the end, it was like, you know, we were going through like what areas of law you guys might, might be good to help with and which ones maybe not so much or whatever. And then I remember you at the end telling me just like, you know, when you have any cases that you like have no idea who to place was just like, call me and let's see if I can do something. And so I literally took it to heart and I'm like, you shouldn't have said that. But now whenever I'm like, uh, I don't know what area this is. Let me just see if Darren can help. And I just send it over. Um, and it's just, it's very rewarding to know that like we have people like you guys um, at Golson and, and Keith and others that really just want to help and, and we can be partners. You know, this isn't about like, you must take these many cases a year or you must get involved for these many hours. It's like, help us in whatever way you can and just be a consistent sort of um, support to our clients and uh, we'll be grateful and they'll be even more grateful just like uh, Julie was mentioning as well. It's, they, they're, they're just, um, I, I come from, although I have been here um, as, as the same amount of time as Julie, I think it's been a year and nine months as of like in two days, um, but who's counting? Uh, <laughs> I came from um, about, 10 or so years in, in, as a staff attorney and in legal services in a different uh, organization. And I had clients that were um, in difficult situations, low-income clients, and, and many of them were at times grateful, or I knew that they were, even if they couldn't express it. Um, but I have had happier than ever people um, just from talking to them since coming to this to this position here. And as a pro bono director, I do also um, take some cases and provide advice um, over the phone to some clients, not as many as Julie does by, by a long shot, but um, just those interactions have provided me with a sense of that I'm in the right place. So um, I'm a good pro bono director. I won't haunt you down. I will. I will nudge you when needed, but um, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not going to be annoying. So you could you could check us out. Um, 
I think that, I mean, I don't see any questions and we're pretty early. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything. Um, oh, there's, just, there's. I wanted to add a point about the personal enrichment that I get from talking with veterans. I've been lucky enough to have several clients who were World War II veterans and listening to their stories. Uh, one guy told me of the story of his movement from the moment he, his boots hit the ground in Italy, going up through Austria. Uh, my favorite client uh, has been a Korean and Vietnam War veteran. He was an army combat veteran who is also a Native American. And listening to him tell stories about what it was like to be in the Korean War as a Native American, uh, you know, you don't get that in books. Uh, uh, it's some, it's something you can only get by interacting with another human being. Uh, and I've learned so much uh, about life and about war uh, from these folks. Uh, and like I said, it's just very personally enriching. Thank you, Julie. Um, just, I just wanted to let everybody know that um, one of our co-executive directors, Sarah Roxburgh, she put in some information in the chat box. I believe you can all access it. Um, Shanae, let me know if attendees might not be able to, but I think they all can since Sarah was able to, to put it in there. Um, but we have a, um, a virtual event coming up on November 9th in honor of uh, Veterans Day. And it's called Celebrating and Serving Women Veterans. Um, the information is on our website to sign up. It's a free virtual event that you can uh, watch while you're drinking your coffee on the 9th. Um, so just go to our website, veteranslegalservices.org slash Veterans Day. Thank you, Shanae. You just told me that everyone can see. <laughs> um, so does anybody have any questions? Uh, Let me, otherwise... can I just make another yes. pitch, another plug? Um, yes, yes. Starting tonight, PBS is running a four-part uh, series called American Veteran. Uh, and it looks like, from what I read about it, um, it consists of interviews of 50 veterans from uh, World War II all the way through to Afghanistan. Uh, it looks like a great program. Uh, and just wanted to let everyone know about that. Thank you so much. Do you know what time it's going to be on? I don't know what time. No. Okay. Probably pretty easy to find out. I, I would I would just throw this out there as a pitch. If 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 anybody at all is interested in this, don't hesitate. Like just take the leap and then follow through because it is really um, it is a really fulfilling experience. In, in you know, and it's not it is not you know, at least in my experience, um, it is not a huge, um, a huge sort of imposition on time at all. I mean, it, it is, there's time and you're going to spend time doing it, which is great, but it's not, it, 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 it could be one phone call. It could be 10 phone calls, but the reality is, um, I think if you're, um, from a service perspective, if you're into, um, you know, as pro bono services, all, lawyers should be and, and frankly have to be as members of the as members of the court we, we need to really sort of 
um, step up and help and help, you know, a community that is underserved that has devoted themselves to service. So giving something back to that community, I think is very important. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of other ways that, that you could be spending your time that won't be as rewarding as this, so. Thank you so much, Darren. Um, yeah, one of the things that, uh, that we've sort of talked about within our office and that rings true with what you just said is uh, that we're not, we don't do this work out of charity. Uh, we do it because we owe it to them. Yeah, I'd like to echo Darren's comments. I think I used the analogy when we we're preparing for this is dipping the toe in the water and just jumping in. It, it's um, you, you'll be able to handle it. Trust me, uh, take it on. Um, it's extremely rewarding. And, uh, um, you know, I, I guarantee you, you try, you handle one case and, the, you know, Angie will, uh, We'll sign something that's uh, you know, that's uh, not too too difficult, and uh, and you'll you'll get a great result. I guarantee it, and you'll help someone that uh, really deserves your help. So um, can't can't echo that enough. Uh, it's it's definitely worth it. Thank you so much, Keith. All right. Well, um, I think that you know we're early, so you can have a little. You can pretend that you're still in a webinar until until 1.30 and then do something fun in the rain. I'm going to do exactly that, Angie, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, again, if anybody has any questions, just email me. Um, Shanae says that we can end early, so that's great. And then on our website, Sarah uh, Roxburg also mentioned, um, as a reminder, on our website, we have a couple of video, a few videos from former um, VLS clients. Uh, little video clips of them talking about uh, the work that VLS did for them um, and the impact that it had in their life. So if you're curious and you want to see actually one of Julie's favorite clients is in there. So you can go check that out. And the link is in our, is in the chat box. All right. So without a further ado, I think that we can just go ahead and end early. Great. Well, thank, thank you, you guys. everybody so much. Good seeing for you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much to the Bye panel. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yep.